Amen. How many of you know Jesus is worthy to be praised? From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for you are worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. Amen. First, giving honor to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ, and to our Heavenly Father, who makes it all possible, and to Reverend Taisha Cutberson, and to all of the officers and family and friends of these two great churches, I greet you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. If you would turn your attention again to the book of Exodus, chapter 16. Exodus, the 16th chapter. And I want to begin reading at that first verse, and we'll share verses 1 through 5 as our text for this morning. Exodus, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 5. If you have them, say amen. Exodus, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 5. Five. And it reads Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the, dra the dra bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you each day. The people can go and out and pick up as much food as they need for the day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food and then they will prepare it. There will be twice as much as usual. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of faith developers. Faith developers. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you, Father, that you have provided us with all that we stand in need of thus far. God, we realize that if it was not for you, God, giving us the life on this day, the health and the strength that we need for this day, oh God. And God, we continue to trust you day by day. We continue to trust you in each and every way. So Father, we ask now that as we 
prepare our hearts and our minds to receive your word, that you would bless us, O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, that you would overshadow me and use me for your will and for your glory. And then I pray, Father, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Faith developers. We are in the midst of a series, Faith Strong. And as I told you on last week, we will go through a series of messages dealing with developing strong faith. Today, we want to talk about faith developers. Last week, we talked about the fact that faith has a foundation. But today, we want to talk about developing faith and how faith is developed. One of the things that we have to keep in mind as we make our way through life is, as we have gone through life, we have developed certain habits. Amen. We've developed certain rituals and things that we do in life. Amen. I'm tempted to go down a path here that we uh, went down on Wednesday night in Bible study, but I will I'll refrain myself. Amen. We have developed certain things, amen, in our life. And, and as we have developed these habits sometimes, we've developed these idiosyncrasies, as they say. And, and it came as a result of something happening in our life. And, and usually when we develop a certain habit, it, it came as a result of us having to answer something that was going on in our life. When we have children and, and our children start to develop and they start to mature and they start to grow in life, and as parents, you're having to develop a way of dealing with your children. You're having to develop a way of, of allowing them to understand what you mean when you tell them no. You have to develop uh, what you mean to when they see you shaking your head. It, it's a way of developing in them that that's a negative action that you're about to take and not to do it. So there are things that we talk about in life that we have to develop ourselves to be able to participate in and to do. But when it comes to faith, we've got to learn to develop our faith. Yes, we have a foundation of faith, and it starts with the building block of Jesus Christ. And as we build upon that foundation of Christ, as we build upon the lasting foundation of Christ, it will lead us to having a strong foundation. But also to have a strong foundation means that we have to develop faith in our life. Amen. And faith is developed when we act in faith on the opportunities that God provides in situations of wilderness or lack. Yes, faith is developed when we act in faith on opportunities that God provides in situations of wilderness or lack. When we look at this text before us and we look at verses 1 and 2, one of the first things that we see out of our text is the wilderness is a faith developer. The wilderness is a faith developer. Now, most of us 
understand what the wilderness is and that's a place that we don't desire to be. We don't desire to be in the midst of nothing. We don't desire to be in the midst of, of not having our needs met. We don't desire to be in the midst of the wilderness. And in fact, there are most of us, and you know, there are some people who may be a little strange, but they desire to live all by themselves, isolated from everything. But most of us don't want to be in the wilderness. Most of us don't want to be out there by ourselves. And when you look at our text, we see that God has gotten their people and led them to the wilderness. They've left Egypt, and, and as a result of leaving Egypt, and they're headed to the promised land. And we see that the scripture tells us in the first and the second verse that the community began to complain against Moses and Aaron. They have been coming out of Egypt and they are out on the verge of leaving Elam and heading into the wilderness of sin. But they began to complain against Moses and Aaron. The wilderness will do some things to you sometimes. The wilderness will cause you to complain. The wilderness will cause you to realize that there's an emptiness in your life. There's a, a, a confusion that's happening. There's some unsettledness that you are experiencing. And as a result of that, it will cause us to complain. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when you're in the wilderness and when you find yourself in a wilderness experience, complaining is not the answer. Amen. Complaining won't get you where you need to be. Complaining won't solve your problem. We need to do something other than complain. And it's a great opportunity when we find ourselves in the wilderness to exercise faith in God. The only way that we're going to make it out of a wilderness experience is to have faith in God, to show our faith, our trust in the Lord. It's when we have those wilderness experiences, when we find ourselves experiencing emptiness in life, when we find ourselves being confused or having that unsettledness, it's then that we have to turn to the Lord and know that we can trust God in any situation. When I understand that turning to the Lord in my wilderness situation will help me, it will help me clear up any confusion about my life. It will help me to deal with the emptiness that may be there in my life. But it starts with me understanding where I'm at and I'm in a wilderness situation. As these people found themselves in the wilderness situation, they began to complain about their conditions. God will take us sometimes and allow us to go into the wilderness and have an experience to develop faith in us. If you remember, Jesus was taken up on the mountain. He was led there by the Holy Spirit, and it said that he was in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights. Israel now is in the wilderness, and, and they've been in the wilderness, said, a month now. They've been traveling away from Egypt, and it's now a month later, and they are in the wilderness. They are experiencing emptiness in their life. They're confused about what's going on. They're not sure of which direction they're going to go. So the first thing they do is start to complain. How many of you know that's our first go-to as well? When we start to experience emptiness and stuff in our life and things are not going the way that we want them to go, the first thing we do is complain. Get on the job and we complain. We at home and we complain. Why not talk to the Lord? 
Why not get on our knees and begin to have a little talk with Jesus? Why not begin to find out what God wants us to do in the midst of this wilderness situation? You see, the wilderness would expose your true level of faith. Amen. The wilderness will expose where you are in your faith walk. If you find yourself in the wilderness the next time, check what your first response is. If your first response is to complain and blame everybody else for the wilderness that you're in, maybe your faith isn't where it needs to be. But if your response is you fall on your knees and you begin to ask God, God, what do I need to do in the midst of this wilderness situation? God, how am I going to make it out of this wilderness situation? God, what's the plan that you have for me in this wilderness situation? Because I know you plan on bringing me out. I know you don't plan on leaving me here. I know you don't plan on me staying here forever. I know you're going to bring me out. So God, what's the plan? And when we ask him, he'll give us the plan. When we ask him, he'll show us the way out of the wilderness experience. You see, the wilderness causes us to look for provision in a source that is supposed to be God, but oftentimes we look for other sources in the midst of our wilderness. Who do you look to for your source when there's emptiness in your life? When, when your wallet is empty, who do you look to as your source? The world or God? When the cabinets are running bare, who do you look to for your source? The world or God? When it seems bleak and it seems hopeless, who do you look to? The world or God? It's amazing that they had experienced the delivering power of the Lord. You got to walk with Israel for a moment to understand that it should not be that they're in this place. When you think about where they've come from, they saw God deal with the different gods while they were there in Egypt when he worked all of the plagues against the different gods in Egypt. And yet they still find themselves complaining in the wilderness. They were delivered through the Red Sea by the hand and the power of God, but yet they're complaining in the wilderness. And I know it's easy for us to say, well, if I've seen God move like that, I wouldn't be complaining. Well, think for a moment how God has moved in your life. And in some cases, moved in a miraculous way. And yet we still complain. Yet we still give him grief. Yet we still don't do what we ought to do. Yet we still have not grown in our faith. When we've seen God move in some wonderful and some mighty ways, we ought to have faith that he can move again. We ought to have faith that we can trust him, that he will move again. The next time you're experiencing a wilderness situation, talk to him. I know family and friends might be there, but don't complain. Talk to him. I know it might feel good to talk to somebody and complain and, and yell and, and get it off your chest, as they say, but talk to him. Talk to Jesus because he's the one who's going to fix your problem. Many of the people that we are complaining to can't even help us. And when you think about the fact that they're complaining against Moses and Aaron, Maybe they're the ones that they see that led them out into this wilderness. They got skin on. They got flesh on. We can see them. We can't see God, but we know that. But the thing is, they should have known that they were only moving by the hand of God. They were being led by the power of God. They were being led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That is only the hand of God.
And so why are you complaining against Moses? Why are you complaining against Aaron? They're the ones who are leading you, but it's the hand of God that is leading you through your wilderness experience. You see, the, war, the world is a poor source, and it can't help you the way you need to be helped. When you think about the world and the resources of the world, they're limited. But when you understand that God has no limitation on his resources, God has all power in his hand. God is, has all authority in his hand. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is able to make provision out of nowhere. God is able to provide in every circumstance and in every need. God is able. The last time I checked, it said he's able, hallelujah, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. So why would I talk to the world when I got a God that's able? Why would I talk to the world when I got a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think? Why would I talk to the world when I got a God that is able? See, the wilderness will cause us to be in want. Because there's something that we desire. There's something that we're looking for, but we just don't have. But who are you going to trust to make it happen? You see, the wilderness drives us to the true source, and that is God. When we find ourselves in the wilderness, it will drive us to call upon the name of the Lord. It will drive us to call upon God. If your wilderness is calling you to drive on or call upon anybody else other than God, then you've got to check your faith. Because whenever you get in trouble, you need to call upon the Lord. When you look at David, when he was in trouble, he called upon the Lord. When Samson got in trouble, he called upon the Lord. Anytime Jesus was having an issue, he called upon the Lord. And we've got to learn to do the same. When we're in our wilderness situation, in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas called upon the Lord. Anytime we've got a dire situation, we've got to learn to call on the Lord because he is our source. So the wilderness is a faith developer. But also as we look at verse 3, we'll begin to see also that lack is a faith developer. Yes, lack is a faith developer. Notice what it says in that third verse. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. They moaned. They, they were, they were, there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us out here in the wilderness to starve and die. It's amazing how circumstances can change our view of God. It's amazing when we get into a situation of lack it can distort our vision and our view of God. Understand this, none of us intentionally bring lack into our lives. Amen. I mean, you might ball out of control and then lack comes. Amen. You might get a little happy shopping and lack comes. Amen. You might get a little carried away with your resources and lack come. But I don't think any of us intentionally set out to say, I'm using all of my resources until I get to the point of lack. But when we are in a point of lack, when we experience lack in our life, it's an opportunity to have our faith developed. You see, sometimes situations around us will cause lack. And when you look at them and you understand that 
they had lack in their lives. They were no longer eating the way that they used to eat. They were no longer enjoying life the way that they used to enjoy it. And, and see, when you come to that place of lack, it, it's come to the point that their food has run out. But notice it said that they had been in the wilderness for a month now. They had been traveling for a month now in the wilderness. They probably brought provisions with them when they left Egypt. But at some point, their provisions began to run out. And as their provisions began to run out, they began to look back at what they had in Egypt. If you look at some of the other places, the Bible said they began to look back and say, we had cucumbers and garlic and melons and all the other stuff that we wanted to eat. But they failed to realize that there was also some bondage back there. They failed to realize there was a oppression back there. They failed to realize that there was abuse back there. But they saw that they were in lack, and the only thing that they could understand was, I'm looking back at what the world used to provide me with. I'm looking back at what the world used to give me and that I enjoyed. And that's what happens to us when we experience lack, we start to look back. And sometimes we look at the world rather than looking at God. Lack will change our perspective if we're not careful. But lack happens when there's an absence or the shortage of something that we desire or that is required in our life. Amen. Many of us have grown past, or we don't remember maybe the days when there was maybe lack in somebody's household. And if there was a faith community, how it used to work is that when you find out that somebody had lack, people would join in and begin to meet the need. They would join in and begin to pour into that particular family so that they would no longer be experiencing lack. Amen. But today we have the idea that what's mine is mine and, and, and I don't share with other people. And in fact, we go so far to say, well, that's their problem. They shouldn't have got themselves into that situation. What happened to our compassion? What happened to us having a heart? What's happened to us realizing that there may come a time when there'll be lack in my life? And, and then when we look to the hills from which come of our help, our help may come from the Lord, but he may send a neighbor. Hallelujah. He may send a neighbor with some bread. He may send a neighbor with some beans, but, you know, we don't got too high and mighty now. We don't eat bread and beans. Amen. Why they couldn't bring some steak? Why they couldn't bring some pork chops and stuff like that? Why they couldn't bring some other side and stuff? They gonna come over here with bread and beans. We don't, I don't eat that. <laughs> if you're hungry, <laughs> some of y'all may not have heard this, but I heard this. If you're hungry enough, you'll eat it before it eats you. <laughs> we gotta understand that when there's lack in our life, we gotta look to God. We got to understand that it's a way that we begin to realize that there's something missing in my life, that there's something I require, there's something I desire, but I'm not experiencing. And as a result of that, I turn to the Lord. As a result of that, I began to ask God to move in my situation. I asked God to come and do something about the condition that I'm in. There's a lack in my life, and it's something that I'm missing, and I need God to come and show up, and I need God to provide what I'm missing. He'll do it when you ask him. He comes and he shows up in the midst of our lack. 
And don't we understand that they are complaining again against Aaron and Moses about the lack that's in their life? Again, why complain when all you got to do is talk to God? Because Moses and Aaron, that's the only thing they're going to do is talk to the Lord. But Moses and Aaron realize you're not complaining against me. You may be talking to me, but you're not complaining against me. You're complaining against God. We've got to understand that when lack has come into our life, don't look at it in despair, but look at it as an opportunity for your faith to grow and your faith to develop. Look at it as an opportunity for God to lead you somewhere that maybe you've not been before, for God to show you his power, for God to show you that he is a way maker, for God to show you that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think. When we understand that lack drives us to a place of faith. I don't know about you, but when I'm in lack and when I don't have what I need, I'm learning the more and more is to turn to God, the one who has the source, the one who is my source, the one who has the resources that he can provide to me, the one who can show me the answer, the one who can show me where to go. If I turn to him, I don't have to complain. I don't have to ask, why am I in this situation? I don't have to say, ain't I done all that I'm supposed to do, and yet I'm still finding myself in this situation. All I know is I'm here in a position of lack, and I know one who has everything in the palm of his hand. I know one who has all authority and all power. I know one who can make provisions out of nowhere, and all I got to do is talk to him. Maybe you didn't listen to grandmama when she said, I just had a little talk with Jesus. And then she went somewhere and began to hum the hymns of the church. And she began to meditate on the word of God. And, and then people began to knock on the door and, and say, I was just thinking about you. And I, I had some, some, some chicken left over. And I thought you make it or use it or, or you might want it. And, and God was providing Maybe you don't realize that there have been times when you didn't know how the bills were going to get paid and, and you kept wondering how things were going to work out. But instead of complaining, you go somewhere and have a little talk with God and you began to trust him. You began to believe in him and God begins to open doors. God begins to provide opportunities for second income. He provides opportunities for somebody to pour a little something in your hand. He provides opportunities and out of those opportunities, you're developing faith in him. You didn't go out and rob a bank. You didn't go out and, and begin to knock old people over the head. But you trusted in the Lord and you waited on him to provide for you. It's when we trust in him and wait on the Lord to provide what we're standing in need of. Yes, we may be in lack, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to leave it up to him because he can do more about it than I can. I'm going to trust in the Lord because I'll get myself in trouble. And let me help us out here too. Usually when we find ourselves in lack, and many of us have had to learn this lesson, we go to the payday loan people. Amen. And we knock on the payday loan people door because we didn't have sense enough to knock on heaven's door. We didn't have sense enough to wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And now you got yourself in a cycle. And you're going back and back and back and over and over again. And it's costing you more and more. You thought you were in lack before, but now you find yourself in some real lack because they keep taking from you. But thanks be to God if you stop and say, Lord, give me a way out of this. Lord, show me how to get this situation resolved. Lord, show me how I don't have to keep going back. And one of the ways to not keep going back, and I know we don't like this, but sometimes you got to suffer a little bit. 
you got to do without for a little bit. And when we learn to do it out just for a little bit, we'll find out it's better in the long run because we did without for a little bit. They were suffering just for a little bit, but all they got to do is learn to call upon the name of God. All they got to do is learn to talk to God about the situation. Yes, lack may have shown up at the door. Lack may have been telling you that this is all there is and there's no more coming, but all you do is talk to God and he will show an abundance of resources. He will show up and provide what you're standing in need of. It develops your faith because you're learning to trust in the Lord. But not only is faith the wilderness of faith developer. Lack is a faith developer. But we also got to understand that opportunity is a faith developer. Yes, opportunity is a faith developer. Well, Jones, where are you getting opportunity from? If you look at verses 4 and 5, you see that it says, The Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much, uh, of as much food as they need for that day. And I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. Opportunity will help develop our faith. When God provides for us, he's giving us an opportunity. He's giving us an opportunity to exercise faith. When God provides for us, sometimes we have a habit of giving credit to somebody else. Amen. God may have sent you somebody with skin on to provide, but I will guarantee you it came at the hand of the Lord. If you've been praying and you've been asking the Lord, you found yourself in a wilderness situation. You found yourself in lack, and you called upon the name of the Lord. And somebody with skin on showed up to resolve your problem. Don't give credit to them. You called upon the name of the Lord, and he sent the resources that you need. He sent you the blessing that you needed. You got to give him credit. You got to give him the glory. You got to give him the honor because he showed up and gave you an opportunity for you to now put your faith in him. Look at what they did. God told them, I'm going to rain down food for you. I'm going to rain it down and I want you to gather it day by day. But on the sixth day, he said, I want you to gather enough but it's going to last for two days when you understand that God is training his people he's teaching them to trust him he's teaching them and he's developing their faith he's developing their faith in the Sabbath because when the Sabbath came they were not supposed to do any work and he was developing their faith in the Sabbath to the point that he said if you gather enough on the sixth day I'll make it last through the seventh day but guess what? That meant that they had to be obedient to what God has said. And then he told them in the other six days, gather enough just for that day. 
And that's exactly what they did. They would gather enough for that day, and it would last them for that day. He was learned, they were learning to trust God day by day. Maybe God needs to get us back into a situation where we got to trust him day by day. I know this and na 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 na. That's all right, I'm good. I don't want to go back to day by day. But think about it. If your faith has not been developing, if your faith has not been growing, sometimes God has to provide opportunities for your faith to be developed. So he says, develop your faith day by day. Every day, just get enough for that day. And as you get enough for that day, I'll make it last for that day. And the scriptures even tell us that when somebody tried to gather enough for a second day, that it said what they gathered spoiled. God was showing them, trust me, day by day. We can trust him day by day. Every day that we get up, we call upon God in faith. Every day we get up, we ask him, Lord, meet my needs for today. Every day that we get up, we can ask God to intervene in our life. Every day. And there may be some challenges that you've been dealing with day by day. Well, every day I get up, I ask God to keep dealing with them challenges. Every day I get up, I ask God to keep moving in my life. Every day I ask God, God, let your power grow. Let your glory be seen. Every day, God, I'm asking you to do what you need to do in my life. Every day, Lord, I want you to move. And if we learn that God will move in our life and we learn that we can trust him day by day, it's like God is getting us ready. He's developing our faith. I rain down the food that you need. And, and when I rain it down, when I provide you with what you need, I'm providing you with an opportunity to grow in your faith. I'm providing you with an opportunity to trust me more and more. Every day we live, we ought to trust God more. My trust for God should be greater tomorrow than it is today. My trust four months from now should be greater than it is today because I've learned to trust God more and more day by day. I've learned to trust God in whatever situation I may be in. God reached into their lack and provided them with an opportunity to grow in their faith. Notice what he said. I'm doing it to test them, to see if they would follow my instructions. Hallelujah. Another reason that some of us have lack in our life because we don't follow his instructions. Amen. But if we followed his instructions, we wouldn't have to beg him to come into our life and deal with the lack. Amen. Because none of, none of us intentionally bring lack into our lives. Amen. But when you look at what he said, God reached into their lack and gave them an opportunity to grow in their faith to trust him. Obedience is as important a step there is in faith because we learn to obey the word of God. We learn to follow the instructions of God. And notice, faith is not demonstrated until we act on the word or the promise that God gave us. You can't say you got faith that God can move in your life until you act in faith on the word that he's given you. Notice what they had to do. They could have said, we believe you, God, all day long. But if they don't go out and collect the manna, if they don't go out and collect the, what is it? That was the translation of manna, what is it? 
if they don't go out and collect the manna and then take it back home and prepare it, they haven't shown faith because they did not demonstrate or act on the word that God had given them. So until we act on the word that God has given us, we haven't demonstrated faith. We got to understand when God gives us a word, just like he told them, I want to see if you'll follow my instructions. I've given you a word about your situation. What are you doing? Hallelujah. That's why it's important for us to stay in the word. That's why it's important for us to communicate with God. Because God said, if I've given you a word on it, why are you still sitting there? If I've given you a word on it, why haven't you acted in faith? If I've given you a word, why aren't you moving? I've already given you a word. Do you trust me? He gave them a word and said, are you going to trust me? Are you going to go out and do what I ask you to do? And that's the problem that they had. They had gotten a word from the Lord. Now they have a decision to make. Am I going to go and do what God has called me to do? Am I going to act on the word of God? Am I going to demonstrate faith in the word by acting upon the word that God has given me? And I pray that you will say, yes, I'm going to act on the word of God. And I pray that you understand that your faith is being developed. When you find yourself in a wilderness experience, your faith is being developed. When you find yourself in lack, your faith is being developed. When God pours out an opportunity for you to develop your faith, move by faith and act on the word of God that he's given you. Move by faith and act upon the scripture text that keeps coming to your mind and to your heart. Move by faith and trust the Lord. It says that we have not because we ask not. I'm going to ask God because there's lack in my life. And I'm going to ask him to come and meet the lack that I'm having in my life. But if I don't ask him, then he may not come because I haven't asked him to come. Well, if he knows that I need it, why well, I got to ask him? Because he wants you to develop your faith. He wants you to learn to call on him and let him show up and meet your need. And you learn that cycle. I call on him and he shows up and he meets my need. I call on him and he shows up and it meets my need. Then I tell somebody else, he'll call on him, he'll show up and meet your need. He'll call on him and he'll show up and he'll meet your need. And we began to share our faith, telling other people that he is a good God. He's a mighty good God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because all you got to do is call on him and he'll show up and he'll meet your need. Amen. But we don't call him. And we got to learn to tell others to call him. But the one thing that we sure enough got to understand, if I say that he is my savior, then that means I got to trust him as my savior. If I say that God is the one who saves and heals and delivers, I got to trust him just for that. The first act of obedience is to accept him as Lord and savior, but you got to trust that he can save you. And you got to act on it by calling upon his holy and righteous name. Calling on the name of Jesus. In faith, call on the name of Jesus and ask him to come in and save you. Call upon the name of Jesus and ask him to come in and be the Lord of your life. But you demonstrate faith when you allow him to be Lord. Amen. I called on him. I asked him to come in. And be my Lord and Savior. I called on him. I asked him to come in and guide me. But it does not show my faith until I obey him and let him be Lord. Then I'm demonstrating faith. Because I'm acting on the promise of the word that God has given me.
So as we talk about being faith strong, let us realize that the wilderness is a faith developer. That lack is a faith developer. And that opportunity is a faith developer. So let us develop our faith. When we're in lack, don't complain. Call on God. When we're in the wilderness, it may feel like an empty place, but God is always there. Call on the name of God. When God provides opportunities, act in faith on the word that he's given you. And you will see that God is a provider. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.